0: What radio? The music you want. Don't touch that dial. And if your radio still has a dial, consider getting a new radio. The music you want is right here. RadioWhats.com. What's up, party people? It's Keys Dan with RadioWhat.com, DJLittleRock.com, coming to you live and in living color from the Radio What Studios. And this is my podcast, What Makes You Famous. It's an extension of the RadioWhat.com internet radio station that I've been running for quite some time. And if you need DJ services, where do I always send you? DJLittleRock.com. One more time. Djlittlerock.com check availability and get a free price quote and maybe you can have me at your next event You know, I like to party with the people the people need to be entertained Are you not entertained? Make your next thing a big one <laughs> Today on the program. I have alan klein the jolly You've heard of that. You've heard who that is what? Oh, you've heard a little bit about him Well, you get to get to hear a little bit more in the next few minutes. So stick around this week's shows, I have my one public show, the Video Dance Party Karaoke Jam, yes, at The Rab in Conway, Arkansas, Friday night, 8 p.m. until 12.30 in the AM. They have a full bar, kitchens open, pool tables, they have a pool tournament on Friday nights, so if you want to try your hand at playing pool and possibly make some money while you're at it, why not come out to The Rab, Friday night, Conway, Arkansas, 8 p.m. until 1230 in the ham. The video dance party, karaoke jam. Yes, I said karaoke. You're the stars of the show at the Rab. (laughs) Friday night, Conway, Arkansas. All right, that's enough intro. I'm so excited. Let's get into it with Alan Klein, the Jollytologist. I got him on Skype. So if you're listening to the audio version, I encourage you to check out the video version. YouTube.com forward slash user forward slash keys. Dan Skyping. Alan Clyde, the Dolitologist now. And nice to see you, man. I I I have a feeling. I'm going to have a good time on this one. I've been looking forward to it for the last few weeks, uh, you know, since we set this thing up. And I'm, I'm stoked, man. I've been looking at you and and there's just a, nothing but happiness. I, I see smiles. <laughs> I like to wake up happy. I like to go to bed happy. I like to spend most of the day happy. How how, how do you do it? How do you do it? Because a lot of times, hey, there, there's things that get you down, get you blue. But how, how do you keep that cheerful disposition, Alan Klein? One of my secrets. You want to know my secret?
1: Is one of these?
0: <laughs> I see. The, all right. When you look up jollytologist, which is uh, you're the the world's only jollytologist, uh, invariably you're going to come up with a picture of you in the red nose. For the people that are listening to the audio version, I encourage you to check out the video version so you could see this happiness. Uh, you know, red nose. <laughs> Whenever I'm telling a joke, and particularly a joke that doesn't uh, get it laughs. Uh, I will, uh, I will, I will say, Hey, it was a joke. Womp, womp, comedian. And you go for that, that fake red nose, that, that clown nose. Womp, It's universal. That's what you Great. were, that's what you were trying to convey.
1: Yeah, you know, you're in traffic jams and it's getting you down. Reach for your red nose, put it on, you'll be happier. Look in the rear view mirror so you see yourself. Look around, you're probably people looking at you are smiling, laughing. Um, You know, and it's it's kind of funny because it's this, what do they charge for these, a dollar? Yeah. For these sponge rubber things that can bring you a lifetime of joy.
0: <laughs> I think you get them at the drugstore. Now, are you involved with the Red Nose Day? The, are you a part of the Red Nose Day? Dan, this is so amazing. I have been doing
1: therapeutic humor workshops for, I don't know, 30 years. And everyone in my workshops, we do a whole process with red. And rubber clown noses. And so when red nose started in uh Britain, when it came here, I kept getting, Oh look what you started, look <laughs> did you do this? Oh look, it's all over the country now. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I had nothing to do with it. Well, I think there's but. worse things that you could be associated with Mr. Klein. It's just a, a, an amazing it it it's nice to, to give back once you you've made a certain amount. If you have the ability, give back. And and what, you know, a, a smile to boot. Uh, you know, in addition to the charitable, uh, of, uh, I'm not even sure what the Red Nose uh, people do. And, and in no yeah, way this is sponsored it, by the Red children, Nose. It's for
1: children, feeding children or something like that. Um, but I'll tell you, this is a great um, icebreaker. I, and and it just cheers people up. I was on a plane or getting out of flight and it was three hour, over three hours late. Oh and so we get on the plane and you know the flight attendant standing there and all these people are getting on they're really grouchy you know you can tell on their faces they're upset with the airlines and I said to her would you like to put one of these on and see what happens and she was agreeable and I stood next to her and I saw how her clown nose just lightened people up except for those people a few of them who would not give up their anger. You know, I'm going to be mad at the airlines and nothing you can do to make me smile. In
0: this this topsy-turvy, crazy super speed gotta have it now kind of world uh, i mean there's people that that need to get on those flights at a certain time get off those flights at a certain time right. to get to that meeting to to make that date to to make that money uh, yeah. you know because it's it's it, you know it's gotta have it right now you know the the internet is definitely not helping that at all is you gotta yeah. have it now uh, i want to put i want to record this uh, this podcast and i want to put it out immediately so So people can see it immediately. And that's the way (laughs) the world has been going just so so much faster.
1: So take, you know, one of my things I teach people is take your time, look around you. There is joy all around. But if, you know, if you have those blinders on and you're on your phone or your computer all the time, you're not going to see them. You're not going to hear them. You're not going to, you know, look for that. So you're right. You know, we want everything right now
0: yay i was right about something (laughs) no it's good to take your time i i i fully believe that whenever i have to go to an event if it's an hour away i'll give myself three three hours so maybe i can stop along the way and see some of the sites maybe there's a landmark you know going from i'm in central arkansas now and and going to northwest arkansas i'm looking forward to that i've never been up there but i know that there's sites along the way so along the route i will map out a few of the you know, maybe the largest ball of string is out there uh, or a big <laughs> a big old deck of cards or, you know, largest great, frying great. pan. Who who knows what's going on in this in this weird country of ours, you know, but, uh, yeah. you know, when you I, I, are you in Little Rock? I'm in Conway, Arkansas, which is about a half hour north of Little Rock. Where, where okay. do we find you, Alan Klein?
1: I'm on the West Coast. I'm in San Francisco from new york city born in manhattan
0: you know there boz Lumen. he he gave a speech one time and they turned it into a song called everybody's free and he had part of the song was live in new york but get out before it makes you hard live in california but get out before it makes you soft is there any validity to that
1: so do do i need to get out of california now
0: (laughs) i don't know i think it
1: makes me soft (laughs) i think being soft
0: is pretty good san francisco was one of the greatest places that i ever visited when i was a kid i went there i think i was 16 or so uh, on Mm -hmm. a family trip Uh, i didn't get to alcatraz but i did get to the boardwalk the strip i could see alcatraz from where i was and i remember there was a lot of street performers and one of the street performers was kind of a statue and so i was a kid and i'm wearing a black and red striped shirt so i stood like a statue with my hand out like this and a a lady put a quarter in my hand i went mission accomplished i win i get a quarter
1: (laughs) yeah yeah did did you go to hate ashbury you You know know, the famous hate ashbury
0: i just don't remember you know that 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 trip was such a blur i remember we went to to LA, we went to Universal Studios, and then we drove in a rental car. You know, I, I'm sure I, I was asleep half the time uh, getting there. I was probably annoying my parents to no end, you know, uh-huh. as, as kids do. Uh, but, yeah. uh, you know, how, how did you, all right, you were born in New York. What part of New York? Because New York is a big place. Could it be upstate? Man- I was born in Manhattan. In right the right in the middle,
1: right to East 31st, actually West 31st Street. Um, and then we lived in the Bronx, so I grew up in the Bronx, and which is a suburb, if you don't know. And then I moved back to Manhattan uh, when I moved out of my parents' apartment and got married and lived there and uh, then moved back to the first time actually to the west coast because my wife was from san francisco so i we used to visit once or twice a year and i would just love this city and i said to my wife one day i want a victorian house and one day we got a victorian house
0: (laughs) i'm not even sure what a victorian house is now i have to look that up when i get when i get done with this
1: it means it was built in uh, late 1800s and usually has, maybe you don't know, ginger. it's called gingerbread. It has a lot of fancy molding on the outside. It has high ceilings, like I have um, 10 and a half 11 11-foot ceilings. It has uh, stained glass windows. I have one, um, things like that.
0: I think I'm getting it down in my mind's eye. I figure what a Victorian. Now, in this country, it's only a couple couple hundred, to maybe you know, a couple hundred years old, and we think right. anything over a hundred years. Oh my goodness, it's so old. I've never been outside of this country, but I've seen oh. pictures of Europe and and places that that have been thousands and thousands have thousands of years of history. Uh, you know, and for uh, for us here in a brand new country, a Victorian house, what a cool thing to have! Wow, that <laughs> thing's a hundred years old. Yeah that
1: that's old for us but you know you go to europe and yeah there's stuff from uh 1700 1500 you know yeah you're like my brother he won't go out of the country i'm trying to get him to go somewhere else but he just won't i mean he goes to las vegas a lot he likes to to play poker (laughs) Well, I'm, I'm
0: terribly, you know, in love with history. I do love in learning about history. I was born and raised in Miami, South Florida, the Florida Keys. And wow. I uh, was it seventy nine or eighty when uh, Key West decided in a in a the mayor of Key West in a drunken stupor decided, hey, I'm going to secede from the union and apply for foreign aid. So at some point, <laughs> I was a part of the the Conch Republic. And I think that somewhere in my family, probably my grandma still has one of the flags that was made. So maybe I was out of the country. Unofficially maybe maybe. In a, you, it only, you were
1: pretty close. It yeah. only lasted a couple of days.
0: I think <laughs> but a, I
1: love Key West. That's a uh, fabulous place to, to be born and grow up. Wow. To be
0: Sure. To be sure. I mean, I I'd, I'd spent a lot of a lot of uh, times at Fantasy Fest and and, uh, you know, uh, just uh, djing up and down the keys at weddings and such that's where i oh. uh, what i've done but you growing up in new york manhattan i mean i've never been to new york i, I have a cousin huh. named roxanne that uh, she works, she's like a producer on Broadway. So I get to see pictures of her with the with the fa- with the famous and the fabulous uh, from time to time on her Facebook page. I think it's well, go. Great. She'll get
1: you tickets to the best shows, uh, Broadway shows. I mean, that's the epitome of of theater, Broadway or London. Those are the two places in the world you want to see a show. So hit her up for some
0: shows <laughs> <Two kids. laughs> I've talked to so many people from New York from in the city and then people that have moved out of the city like Brooklyn and then even further out like upstate New York uh, you know in New York it just has it all there's seven <laughs> what a million people living in one place and uh, I think Crocodile Dundee said it best when he uh, when he spent that time in New York he said seven million people living in one place they must be the friendliest people in the whole world <laughs> <laughs> and he was good day and everybody. Yeah, yeah.
1: You know, you go see a Broadway show and you can't walk down the street. There's so many people because the theaters are basically concentrated in like a five block area. And so if you think of all these theaters, pre-COVID, of course, um, maybe now they're getting back. But um, everyone, you know, if these theaters hold 1500 people and there's like 20 theaters in one place. <laughs> <laughs> and all these people are going to see a show. I mean, there's a certain excitement, um, but you got to leave pretty early. Otherwise, you're going to miss your show to just walk to the theater.
0: So, little Alan Klein in Manhattan and then later in Brooklyn, are are you going to shows? What are you, what are you up to as a little baby Alan uh, Klein and then well, into your formative I, years? I,
1: yeah, I try to see shows here. In fact, I have one tonight. I'm going to see a... I don't know much about it, but it's a local theater that does really good productions. Um, Last week I went to have a fabulous nightclub here. I went to see, they bring in Broadway stars. So I get my little hint of Broadway again by going to this nightclub. Um, Going to the museum tomorrow. (laughs) I try to make it as much as New York as possible. It doesn't have everything, but it, san francisco has a lot of stuff so keeps me busy
0: all right well that's good alan klein yeah. on the tourism board for san francisco but i i'm gonna take you back to uh to when you were a kid i mean what are you learning when you're when you're growing up what, what are you getting into as a kid and then uh, you know when you get in, in and out of high school and then maybe into college what what kind of stuff are you into
1: well at seven years old i was taken to see my first broadway show i think it's why i love live theater i mean i think about movies, movies can do incredible stuff, right? They can, special effects, but live theater, when you see somebody flub their lines, or which I've seen, or the falling down, <laughs> uh, there's a certain, the liveness, there's a certain, um, and, and by the way, the I, I, three years I sold grape juice at My Fair Lady on Broadway to work my way through college, and uh, I was, so I would see the show maybe five times a week, parts of the show. And every night it was just slightly different. And I thought that is live theater. You don't know, you know, with some actress one dancer, it's a new dancer and they're like, just a second off, I could pick them out. Or Professor Higgins' couch has been recovered. So yesterday it was dark uh, you know, brown, and today it's all bright again. <laughs> um, so, you, you know, live theater, you can, you can see the change every night, and that made it exciting. So, um, I was taken to see my first Broadway show at seven, and I was so excited that something in me said, when I grow up, I wanna make those pretty pictures. And I went back to school. I got a shoebox or a c- cigar box, and I would do little scenes from the book we were reading in school.
0: Were you doing and those scenes I, for, for your mom and dad, for your brothers and sisters? No, I did it for class, you know, in
1: school you had to write a paper on the book, maybe that you were reading, and I asked the teacher, can I do this scene in this shoebox, uh, this diorama, basically, um, instead of doing the report? She said yes, and so that was, at seven, eight years old, I was a scenic designer, you know, in these little shoeboxes. Um, Well, that informs what what you did later. yeah. Yeah, go ahead, continue. So then when I was in uh, high school, every Saturday, I would go downtown, get on the subway and see a Broadway show, a Broadway matinee. And so I got to see, you know, things on the stage and what they were like and how they did it and got very excited. And I said, that's what I want to do.
0: Oh, I didn't. So, get, I didn't get all that in in South Florida. We did have our share uh, of th- some theater. Uh, the Paladin Theater at uh, at South. Uh, was it south plantation high school they did put on productions of bye bye birdie and Grease, mm. and and some of the the more popular ones i, I think i might have seen fiddler on the roof there that one wow. changed my whole life i like that one and i and i enjoyed the show uh the the, the movie as well and west side story love that movie you know i like that that some of the theater if they can't if you can't get to the theater, some of the bigger productions do get made into movies. But yes, mm-hmm. I mean, what, what, have, have, what were the, what were the ones that that really st- stuck out to you?
1: Well, you say Fiddler. That was. I took my parents to see it, and that was amazing. I mean, and as a scenic designer, I don't know if you remember this, Dan, but the end of the show, maybe they didn't do it there, but the end of the show, all the people from Anatevka have all their stuff on the back, and they're walking around. Well, on Broadway, they had a turntable, and all the scenery goes away, so there's nothing on stage, which, which showed me the power of how you can create with nothing, and they have... That's all they have, leaving their hometown that they've been there for years and just kind of walking around and around on this turntable as the music plays. It was so powerful um, that such a simple idea, such a simple set could, could close the production in such a powerful way
0: yeah I, so, I think some of the productions that I saw they had some set design but most of them were very minimal and so the yeah. the actor the 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 audience the cast the music is what you what had to give you the feels so very minimal yeah. but continue so uh,
1: I had a chance to do minimal set so I I got into graduate um, actually um, college and um during the summer, I would be a designer or a apprentice designer in summer stock. And so this was quite amazing when I look back, the energy I had, because for 10 weeks, I was a designer, we did eight musicals and two plays in 10 weeks. Huh? And I had to do the sets. You know, musicals have like eight, 10, 12, 15 sets. And had a limited budget. I think I had seventy five dollars a week at that time. Um, you know, I just did it, and it was a great, great apprentice kind of um, learning. Well, you know, I mean, I had to get it, something up there on
0: stage, no matter what it was. Alan Klein, is it just you? Are you going to the hardware store, to the fabric store, picking up the no, items? No, no, I had, I had help, but I was the
1: designer. So this is the way it looks. Somebody goes and gets the props. There's a, a head carpenter who was building it. I mostly painted it. I had some apprentices that helped. No, I had help, but I was the designer.
0: But so. you're sketching, you know, like a, a storyboard w- would, be, yeah. would be done yeah. for a movie uh, or, or so? Yeah,
1: and then it all got built. Somebody had to build it and paint it and set it up. And, but I remember Monday night, I think, uh, was our last show. And the new show opened on Wednesday nights. <laughs> um, we'd stay up all night Monday night, taking down the old set, put up the new set. Then they would rehearse on it all day Tuesday. Then I'd make my stay up all night on Tuesday <laughs> to change things and then uh, get a little quick nap Wednesday morning and then start designing the next show and Thursday start building it <laughs>
0: again for 10 weeks. Well, I, Alan Klein, I listen to a lot of podcasts. Uh, some of the them have uh current and former members of saturday night live and it's what you're you're explaining to me doing a weekly show where you have to change the whole set it's a big endeavor but was it i mean yes you're right you had to have a lot of energy were you in your i guess you were in the, your teens your 20s yeah i
1: know i well when i was an apprentice i was late teens and then um uh, 19 20 21 i that's when i was the actual designer wow
0: you were the um, man i can't do that
1: now i can't stay up two nights a week maybe even one night i mean i i can't even lose four hours of sleep a night are you kidding <laughs>
0: yeah well i mean that's what they they say they they'll they'll be off on sunday which you are not you're definitely not off sunday because you probably yeah. have two two shows on a sunday maybe off on a monday but tuesday you're back to rehearsing back to building sets and yeah. you're you're back yeah. at the races again yeah. okay well, well that's
1: a good way a, to spend what your 20s great what a, you know we don't have apprentice systems anymore but what a great way to learn my craft
0: that is exactly something that I've been listening to, and I've been talking to my friends about. Is vocations? People don't want to learn a craft anymore. Uh, there's a reason why plumbers charge so much. Is because the, there are no plumbers. You know, they, they if there's only ten plumbers and twenty people need to hire them their service they're going to start a bidding war you know right
1: so, right yeah yeah. And, yeah i think we need to have um people with training and no matter what the industry is yeah
0: i personally like great. working with my hands i like building things you know uh, go out and going out on a deck building a shop you know working in, in a wood shop and and such and and painting uh, you know we I, I painted my decks you know the wife and i just painted painted our decks to to make sure that they stayed water sealed you know it's, it's nice to work with your hands Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, Is that something yeah, you still do? Yeah.
1: So um, just to continue, so um, I went to, I got into Yale Drama School after college uh, to get a master's degree in theater. And it's a three-year master's in design, theater design. And I was let go after the first year. <laughs> Uh, they said I had no talent
0: (laughs) (laughs) well you showed them didn't
1: you I definitely did I went back to New York I uh, got in the union the theater uh, designers union it's a very stiff test Um, it's a whole month long test they give you and I failed the first time Passed the second time got a job at CBS television and became a designer for let's see if you know this show captain
0: kangaroo oh you mean my whole childhood you know every yeah, i think it was every right. saturday or sunday i was spending time with uh with uh bob i can't remember his his real name bob key bob keeshan bob keeshan yes yeah. i remember the red suit with the white piping just yeah, yeah that's my yeah, whole that childhood was
1: my show I'm for 50, 10 years I'm 10 years three years old that
0: you were part of my childhood this is one of I the know. reasons i was so excited <laughs> to talk to you what, what did you did you design all the sets there or help i
1: de- i designed this whole house and then i also daily i designed other props and things so if you remember bunny rabbit would always love carrots and he would trick Mr. Green Jeans into giving him carrots. So if he tricked him by doing this machine where he'd trick Mr. Green Jeans to press a button and carrots would fall out, I designed that machine. I'm going to start crying. I'm going
0: to start crying, man. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm a 10-year-old I'm a kid or, or even earlier. Yeah. I was born uh. in 69. So, yeah, I spent... A lot of time uh, sitting in front of that television watching your work, you know, watching things that you made. Oh, my goodness. And being amazed. And I didn't even know that how many years later I'd be getting to talk to you. That's fantastic. Yeah. So So you spent 10 years doing that.
1: So that was great fun. And then I I also designed shows like you may or may not know, um, Jackie Gleason Show, the Murrow Griffin
0: Show, stuff like that. Yes. you were definitely a part of my childhood and my yeah. upbringing. I stayed up way too late to watch Jackie Gleason uh, to <laughs> the moon, you know, for sure. Uh, I know that was the Honeymooners, but he had a, an actual show. This is the, no, the we
1: had a show. Um, American Scene was one. And then he had one. Actually, you talk about Florida. The Keys, he came from Miami.
0: Yes, we have a Jackie a Gleason theater that I've seen lots of shows and I've performed at. Uh, I've ah. actually, yes, I've, I've DJed. Well, can't that's at. the theater I designed
1: at so we have a common commonality here we've been on the same stage together
0: oh <laughs> the tear tears are coming oh you're making me think about all the times that I spent in, in that in that theater. Uh, yes I, and I, I've been on I was on the radio down there and yeah uh, I, I announced many shows that were coming to the Jackie Gleason theater in Miami Florida oh Great. my gosh yes so
1: I was there before it was named Jackie Gleason theater you realize because
0: <laughs> that makes sense that makes yeah, a lot of sense yeah, yeah. so tell I didn't me know I mean, what it was called but. okay it was Miami <laughs> theater let's uh, let's call it yeah. that but uh but okay so you've been a part of a lot of childhoods not just mine yeah, i, I want to yeah. own it though but uh, but yes you've been a lot a part of a lot of people's uh, ide- ideas and thoughts and and making people think and and the carrots and the bunny and mr green jeans that guy was my <laughs> hero
1: <laughs> so that's why i'm famous one reason i'm famous <laughs> you asked why i'm famous yeah one reason but at least I'm famous to you because you remember. Oh.
0: <laughs> you remember Captain Kangaroo. Well, I, I think that the the name of the podcast, the, I have a radio station called What? Uh, so the the what makes you famous. So even if you're not, Everybody has a story and I love your story so far. Alan Klein after Can- Captain Kangaroo, Jackie Gleason getting, uh, I guess, did you spend time in Miami? I, I suppose you did. I did, did for a while.
1: There? Um, yeah. And, um, it was glorious. I had, you know, a big hotel they put me up on. I don't remember which one. Uh, expense account. <laughs> wow. You know, the, you know, the life
0: of an entertainer. I, I, people ask me, hey, uh, you know, the, the DJ thing, is it good? Is You know, is it fun? It, it, can you make a lot of money? Hey, the money is good, but the work's not steady. you got to keep hustling. So Alan Klein. After one job uh, ends, where do you go? Well, I
1: was um, working at CBS at the time, so I had, when, when that was over um they tried to give me soap operas and i didn't like it or commercials so um what year year was this oh god i knew you'd ask that (laughs) i am (laughs) terrible in years i don't even know what year
0: i was born are you kidding (laughs) you know there's times that i forget i forget how old i am and i go oh minus the one carry pie
1: uh, 53 What okay. year was that I think it was The late Early 70s I think Okay Some, Something like that
0: I was just I A know. wee young lad You know Sitting in my uh, My uh, my underoos And and watching uh, Captain Kangaroo Great. <laughs> right, right. I think there's a, the, the flowers on the wall that Don't Yeah hey, Flowers yeah. on the wall Mentions Captain Kangaroo But not in a good light <laughs>
1: Yeah So I'm back I'm back in New York And as yeah. I said My wife was from San Francisco Francisco. We'd visit every year or twice a year with our daughter, and I wanted to get a Victorian house and and um, move to California, move to San Francisco. Well, how did and, you meet the wife?
0: Let me back. Here. How did you meet the wife from San Francisco?
1: What was she um, doing? <laughs> that's an interesting story. Uh-huh. Um, so I was designing an off-off Broadway show oh. and the i was doing the sets the uh person doing the costumes was a friend of my wife's this is in new york city and um my friend said oh her friend from california my future wife was coming to visit would i come to dinner and because my future wife was a gourmet cook so i said yeah i'd love to come to dinner so i'm ready to go out of my house to dinner and i get a call from my future wife saying her friend stopped to have some drinks after work with people at work she i gave her a list of groceries to bring so i can cook i was going off she was so tipsy all she brought was sour cream and onions (laughs) 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 and she said um i can't make anything with that could you stop at the chinese restaurant and get some takeout and i said sure that's not a problem and i'm ready to hang up the phone and said by the way we're having 12 people can you get dinner for 12. (laughs) Uh, uh, uh,
0: well good thing you you got you you just cashed your paycheck (laughs) Uh, right right so new york you can get some good chinese all right but go ahead
1: yeah and i did and i thought anybody with that much uh nerve you know that much moxie um you know it must be a fun person and so we hit it off and she went back to California and then I visited her there and then I came back to New York and we spoke on the phone every single day and even though the rates were cheaper than they are now you didn't get a plan where it covered it you had paid by the minute then and I realized my um, phone bill was higher than if I married her so (laughs) I asked her to marry me (laughs) although that wasn't true it was more expensive to get married but
0: <laughs> alan klein you're a very practical man just just marry the girl <laughs> that's right. beautiful that's a beautiful story and, and you followed and, wait she she came to new York first and then she probably got homesick and you said all right i'll go to san francisco yeah. i can pretty much do this job anywhere
1: yes yeah, so we lived in new york for a while had my daughter then our oh. daughter and then moved back um did not actually did not uh no we did i'm sorry we did move back to san francisco and that's when we got the victorian house that is, do you remember what a victorian house
0: is yeah it's got, got like gingerbread. it's got like t- 10 foot ceilings and little gingerbread okay. stuff all over the you get an a you get an a <laughs> <laughs> i pay attention i, I stay focused uh, i'm present i'm present with you mr klein no fantastic but and, well was she what, what kind of work was she doing in new york or or was she uh, working or was she was uh, taking care of you a full-time job <laughs> no well, she was taking care of our daughter, but
1: she did have some work um I don't know if you know Radio City Music Hall. They have a show and a movie. Oh
0: yeah, uh, kind of heard of it.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So she was um, sewing costumes for the sh- live show. Very. So she w- she was in theater too.
0: Impressive, yeah. uh, and yeah. so that's another thing that you had in common. You you couldn't help but but to marry this girl. I, it sounds oh, like yeah, you made yeah. you made a good decision. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and you got you got the kid. You got the one kid. One child, yeah. Sarah.
1: What yeah, she end up doing. I love her, yeah. Um, who is, seems uh, young to me, but is 53, I think. <laughs> I can't believe it. But They're geez. always,
0: always your babies. My mom and my 92-year-old grandma still kicking, and I love it. I, wait, oh, she's great. 94. Oh, she's 94. Happy birthday, Grandma. <laughs> you know, yeah. you know yeah. still, still hanging around in the Florida Keys, and it's... Do- it's What's do you that? have children? Do you I have children? do. I have two, and I I just became a, a grandpa twice. Oh wow! Oh, congratulations, <laughs> little girl number one. Yeah, she made me a grandpa twice. But yeah, yeah, but you you know what what is what is your your kid into? What is she? Well, she,
1: she's an artist. A trip um, off the block, she's happily married, but she doesn't want children. So. I have a dog (laughs) instead of a a grandchild. Um, You know, my feeling is I'd love a grandchild, but as long as she's happy, they're happy together. She loves what she does. Her work, her artwork is fabulous, um, shown all over the world. So, you know, I I can't complain.
0: All right. (laughs) Sounds like a good daddy. All right. I, I had a similar situation where I met a girl in the Florida Keys. And, you know, she was living down there with her parents and then her parents said, hey, let's go back home to Arkansas. So guess what? I love the girl. I married her down in the Keys. I follow her to Arkansas we do for our, our ladies but i had to start all over at 40 years old start all over i was dug in i was you know a staple i was the morning show dj i, I was you know djing on the weekends at weddings and different events and at the jackie gleason theater and amongst other places mm, but uh, yeah. you did the same thing you picked up uh, from new york and you followed your girl to to san francisco did you have to yeah. start all over again yeah so
1: however um this is this is the sad part of the story we were here three years and she got a terminal liver disease and she passed away at 34. sorry to hear that so my but my whole life changed at that point um You know, it was terrible. I had a 10-year-old daughter at the time. It's very difficult. You know, I kept asking, why me? Why is this happening to me? I didn't sign up for this. Um, But, you know, I, I guess what doesn't kill us makes us stronger. And what I realized is she had a great sense of humor and that humor helped me get through that loss. And give you one example. She had a copy of Playgirl magazine with the male nude centerfold in the hospital, and she said, Alan, I really like this uh, nude picture this month. Can you put it on the wall by the bed over there?" And I said, "Ellen, this is a hospital. Little risque for that." And she said, "Oh, maybe you're right." She said, "Why don't you get a leaf from the plant over there and cover up that part?" <laughs> and I did that. And things are fine for the first day, fine for the second day, but by the third day, the leaves start shriveling up and we would start to laugh. <laughs> <laughs> I and I realized after she was gone, how important that laughter was, how it gave us a reprieve, gave us a perspective, even for just a couple of seconds, helped revive us. And so I had a business in San Francisco. I gave it up. I went back to school to learn about um, death and dying and about humor. And I got a master's degree in human, H-U-M-A-N, development. And my thesis was The Healing Power of Humor, which turned into my very first book, The Healing Power of Humor.
0: Fantastic. Through tragedy, through sadness comes creativity you you're helping others with their uh, losses with their depression uh, so right, what the right. healing power of humor i mean I, I i know you have to be familiar with patch adams he had a very similar healing you know laughter is the best medicine type thing which you know i was an emt paramedic for a while laughter is sometimes not oh, the best whoa. medicine medicine yeah, is yeah. probably good medicine too they, you yeah, know i know some-
1: patch and he's given me several um endorsements of my books and I've met him and we've, you know, yeah. I know. him <laughs> Well,
0: you're, you're cut from the same cloth. You're trying to help people, you know, to, to be happy with themselves. And I saw a little piece of your Ted, you have a, like a TEDx talk. And there was a piece of that that's on, on your YouTube page. And I don't usually do a lot of uh, research when I'm talking to people because I want it to be fresh. And, and I'm, I'm very happy that I at least caught that little piece, but I knew oh, that boom. you were going to be a cool person. And I'm sorry <laughs> that you lost your, your wife at, at such an early age age but through that you're keeping her memory alive you know that's true with her yeah yeah. she's inspired you
1: yeah, and the book is now in a 40-plus printing and nine foreign language, so it's all over the world. Um, nine of those languages, nine out of nine, I cannot read. <laughs>
0: but do you think of all the people that, have, that you've touched? I mean, our, our, your Facebook page, your, your Instagram, your, your email must be exploding with people. Yeah, that well,
1: have- that TEDx talk, uh, recently over 120,000 views fantastic you know who who would have thought at at the time when i was grieving the loss of my wife that that would be the case i mean we just don't
0: know that's where, the catalyst you know,
1: our path is headed
0: yeah that's the catalyst that's what what uh, inspired you to help others you know because mm-hmm. uh, yeah you you thought well maybe your your life was set you had this nice lady that that you followed all the way to san Francisco. Things happen, you know, people have lost. I've coped with loss myself and I'm sure uh, the listeners that are listening now are thinking about people they've lost in their time. And what did those losses inspire you to do? Did it inspire you to, you know, be in, in a depression, in a funk, or did thinking about those people that you've lost inspire you to write a book, to make a speech? To become another person. What was the business or, that you were into? To
1: help someone else. You know, volunteer for hospice yes. or Red Cross or whatever. Just help other
0: people. What was the business uh, that you were into in San Francisco that you gave up for this?
1: Yeah, I had a silkscreen company. So uh, we made posters and... We didn't do t shirts so much, but other kinds of more art kind of um designs, and it's still going. My partner is still um have it going, but um. I realized after my wife died, that's not what I'm supposed to do with my life. And so I left the business. I had no idea what I was supposed to do. But I just left until, um, you know, to see what life where life would take me. And it took me to this incredible place of being a, a speaker. And by the way, you're really great at just chatting and speaking. I almost failed speech in college. I got a D in speech. I hated speaking to to getting up and speaking.
0: Yeah, I wasn't um, very good at public speaking. It was the uh I was the DJ. I played records for people in, in uh-huh. high school. And even in college, I I I, uh, I, I went to, to college for psychology and communications and radio and uh I, I failed because I, I kept going to different parties and uh, you know, my first year my first year was terrible but uh, you know I f- eventually I got my my life on track. Uh, it sounds like you know you had your life in this track and then all of a sudden the, ch- the tracks change. You yeah, never know yeah, where it, that
1: did it turn where that yep. little
0: boy from New York City ends up in san francisco and are you you're making your talks uh, all over the world or what what are you doing
1: well i had been i'm kind of uh particularly with covid flying around is not very safe so i haven't done any well i have done one or two live talks some of them are virtual but i'm at an age where i'm kind of not advertising myself anymore i'd rather write i'm now writing Oh, so many stories from my life, Uh, like uh, being in the men's room with Robert Redford. (laughs) That's fantastic. (laughs) Is one of them. Uh, Another story I just wrote last week was about me and um, Harry Potter.
0: (laughs) Are you publishing them in your blog or are you compiling all these stories for a future book?
1: I'm not publishing it because I think it might be a book. And so I want them to be fresh for people. Um, I don't know. I'm just writing them for myself. I'm writing one a week. Yeah. And uh, just um, writing them because I, I want to tell the story somehow. And uh, who knows what'll happen.
0: Well, tell me about the healing power of humor. You you uh, the um, you, you took how long to to write that? Uh, when did that start? How? Oh my I mean- God! So it came nine. Okay. When did your wife pass? By the way, what? When did your wife pass? What? Pardon me? When did your wife pass?
1: Oh, um, i told you I'm terrible. That's okay. (laughs) Just (laughs) just just Um, before that,
0: maybe a year before that.
1: Several years before, probably three years before, and then I hung out for a year and then started to write the book. Yeah. So it's probably eighty six, something like that.
0: Okay. All right. Yeah. But uh, you so, okay, You wrote the book?
1: So the book has an interesting um, history, too, because I don't know if you know about getting a book published, but uh, these days it's easy to self-publish. Back then it wasn't. So getting a publisher is a whole path. Um, I got an agent and we got 12 rejections. 13th bought the book. And uh, the book was originally called... Learning to Laugh When You Feel Like Crying, and my editor loved that title. She said, never, ever change that title. That is a New York Times bestselling title. So I wrote, I wrote, and wrote, and wrote for eight months, and then she left the company. I got a new editor, and he changed the title <laughs> to The Healing Power of Humor. Which title is better? Which would have sold more copies? I have no idea.
0: But You, you will never know. But that's just I will one never know. That's just one in a long line of books. You're very prolific. Just anyone perusing your website, uh, alankline.com, and they go to the little book section, uh, I, 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 right. I, I can't even count them. I'm looking at well, them right
1: now. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, many books came from that, and the reason for that was I had collected so many um, joyous, uplifting, motivational, inspirational quotations about humor and happiness and joy, that I thought, that could be another book. <laughs> so I put it together in a book. The Random House bought that book, published it. It did so well, it was a quotation book, that they asked me to write another quotation book. And that did well, and another one. And then I had a four-book contract to write four more uplifting quotation books. <laughs> and... It just kept going.
0: Um, <laughs> well, people are often looking for self help books, and why not help them out with a nice quote, with a good joke, you know, something to to lift their spirits. Right. I'm, I'm so happy that you're you're doing that work. You're doing some good yeah. work, and, and you know. Uh,
1: so but, then, then the other thing was I. Um, After my wife died, I looked for books that would help lift me out of my grief. And what I found were these books were really fat books that I had no um, concentration to read at the time. And they told me how depressed, how upset I might be, how I might lose my appetite, I might lose my sleep. And I start reading those, Dan, and I thought, I don't need to read that. I'm going through it. I know it. So I thought, I need to write my my book about that, how to be uplifted when you're going through grief. So I wrote Embracing Life After Loss. And it's very simple. It it just has a quote. It has a little bit of my writing and easy to read, open anywhere and get an uplifting moment for for that time. Well, Alan Uh, Klein,
0: I'm looking at that one. For the people listening to the audio version, there's a a book that he he picked up and it's well-tabbed. Uh, there's play there's odd quotes that you go to from right. time to time to inspire yourself and uh, that's fantastic you know i i'm, I'm thinking about uh, i just heard recently a, a podcast on uh, the i think it was a lady that wrote the the five stages of grief and that now has become very controversial cuz there's there's not five stages everybody's different you know, everybody has their own way of grieving. They're, you right, you, you right. can't go through those five. It was, I think that was a good jumping off point. But yeah. what do you think?
1: It's funny. It's funny. Uh, you're talking about Elizabeth Kugler-Ross, by the way. But um, I I kind of did a little takeoff in her. I thought if she has five stages, I want five stages. <laughs> It's a good number. Except mine, mine all begin with an L. So it's losing, um,
0: learning, letting go, living, and laughing. The alliteration <laughs> is well, well played. Well played. I like so. that. Uh, OK, I, I know that you have uh, a show to go to this evening, and I know I've taken some time I and I, I do, I, I'd i love to talk to you some more. And, I man, I know that I, I'm all giddy over here. I'm happy to, that I knew that this is going to be fun and, and this is going to be good ch- chit-chatting with you. But uh, and to take us out, I mean, you can uh, tell people what what you're planning to do in the future. You've already said you're writing books, but, you know, where do people find you? And then uh, maybe give some quotes. Some I usually finish these things off with last words for the people, and that's words to live by. But maybe you have some last words for the people mm. to inspire them. But uh, okay, take us home. All right. So um, last words. Oh, find
1: me. Find me on the internet, um, AllenKlein.com. You have to spell my name right: A L L E N K L E I N alankline.com, TEDx, put my name in, you will see my TEDx um, talk, which is about the power of intention um some words to no, Wait, before you before you
0: do your last words. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the uh, the most obvious question was jollytologist. You're the only one. And oh. I know that I looked I googled <laughs> jollytologist and yes, you are the only one. I mean there's All a joyologist a joyologist out there. There's a uh, you know people that that practice different things. The the T is what throws me off. Jollyologist might have been a simpler version, but Jollytologist, the T. So –
1: you are so right, Dan. I should have done it, but I already did this. I didn't want to change it. It was already registered. I think when I was coming up with Tologist, maybe I had just been to my proctologist. <laughs>
0: when we get older, we have to see our proctologist.
1: <laughs> so somehow, I don't know, I came up with that, <laughs> and it's, it was too late to go back, so... I just keep it jolly, but you're right. I would have preferred actually Jollyologist, but
0: ah, uh-uh, it's unique. Like- and yes, if you look up jollytologist, you are going to find the one and only Alan Klein, the man sitting here in front of me, at least virtually. All right, right, take right.
1: us home. So, um, I I really am a big fan of affirmations because the words we plant in our head is how we manifest our life. So, I would like to share with your audience my top affirmation that has helped me get through so many things and make my life richer. It is, drum roll please, (laughs) treats me as royalty wherever I go. The world treats me as royalty wherever I go. So right now, Dan, I feel like royalty being on your show. It's been so great, so much fun. And uh, thank you so much.
0: Oh, my goodness. There you have it, party people. What a nice guy. What a sweet guy turning. Oh, my goodness. You know, everybody has a story. Everybody has hardships, ups, downs. And he turned that uh, that great hardship, that great the, what that great loss into something good where he can help other people. That's what we need to be doing in this world. You know, once you get to a certain level, once you get to to where you can take care, you know, first take care of yourself, make sure that you, your your mind, your body, everything is is in order and then try taking care of other people as well. If you have the means, if you have the ability, take care of other people. That's what we need to be doing in this world. Take care of each other. Ah, and he's doing it through humor, making people laugh, making people think and making people getting people out of their funk through affirmations, through jokes. Ah, and just the simple red nose. You know, you see somebody that's giving you the gas face in in the car next to you. Put the little red nose on. Instant smile. Instant smile. It's not going to work on everybody. It's not going to work on everybody, but most people going to get a chuckle. Going to get a little giggle. At least a, a show some teeth. A little grin. <laughs> Thank you so much, Alan Klein, for being on the What Makes You Famous podcast. That was fun. That was a lot of fun for me. I hope you had as much fun as I did. Uh, that's it for this edition of What Makes You Famous. Now, if you... If you, my loyal listener, would like to tell your story, I encourage you to give me a call, 501-470-6386, or email keysdan at AOL.com. That's it for me. It's KeysDanradioWhat.com DJ DJLittleRock.com. Peace. I'm out of here. If you like what you hear, follow what makes you famous, social media. Use the hashtag what makes you famous. Follow on Facebook at what makes you famous follow on Instagram at what makes you famous follow on Twitter at makes famous and follow on YouTube at keys. Dan leave what makes you famous podcast a review and subscribe. PayPal.me forward slash KeysDan. Email info at radio what.com. What makes you famous podcast is a production of KeysDan Enterprises Incorporated at keysdan.com. Thank you for listening. Radio What the music you want with some great, great quotes. Happiness is a choice that requires effort at times. Aeschylus, the music you want. RadioWhat's.com This is Keys Dan And this is Shelly G And you're listening to RadioWhat's.com